Welcome to IMTV Radio, bringing you the latest analysis from Socialist Appeal, the British section of the international Marxist tendency. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud or iTunes, or visit www.socialist.net. The question of uh, Israel-Palestine can be described as uh, a deadlock, a nightmare, uh, depending on, uh, obviously, the point of view. But it is one of the most monstrous uh, creatures of imperialism in reality. Uh, the situation that uh, Palestinian people are living in Palestine is not only decided in Palestine, has been decided outside of Palestine by the imperialist powers. And that's the first point, uh, obviously, that uh, we want to, to raise. And, and the destiny of Palestine is also uh, being decided outside of Palestine. <coughs> the, uh, Israeli people, the Jewish uh, uh, people, the majority of society in uh, Israel, and the Palestinians living in Israel or living in uh, the Palestinian Authority or outside uh, as exiled uh, in, the, in the refugee camps uh, that were formed uh, more than 70 years ago after the declaration of independence of Israel or basically the birth of Israel. Uh, all these people are just small change in the power uh, in the power struggle between the big imperialist powers and a lot of uh, what has been happening in uh, Israel Palestine uh, uh, can be explained uh, uh, mainly by highlighting the, the uh, co- uh, contrasting interests and conflicts between different imperialist powers. <clears throat> the Palestinian question is the outcome of what imperialism and capitalism envisaged as the solution of the Jewish question and the solution to the Jewish question uh, by uh, establishing a homeland for Jews in Palestine has turned into a nightmare both for the Palestinian and, uh, and the Jews. Uh, uh, today they're living this type of uh, uh, this nightmare and uh, uh, the situation is completely deadlocked with no uh, possible uh, uh, solution in sight on the basis of capitalism. In uh, uh, 1940, uh, the great revolutionary and Marxist uh, Leon Trotsky, just before being killed uh, by a Stalinist agent uh, in July 1940, he issued a warning for, uh, for the Jewish people. And he said that the attempt to solve the Jewish question through the migration of Jews to Palestine can now be seen for what it is, a tragic mockery of the Jewish people. The future development of military events may well transform Palestine into a bloody trap for several hundred thousand Jews. Uh, He was uh, developing this analysis of of the situation in uh, Israel-Palestine uh, by a Marxist standpoint, because the emancipation or the uh, um, uh, solution of the national uh, problem, uh, 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 which is, goes beyond the national problem, obviously, of the, of the Jewish question, cannot, could not uh, be achieved just by means of uh, establishing a Jewish state uh, uh, by uh, in, in, uh, 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 favoring immigration and so on, as it was envisaged by the imperialist powers uh, who were in charge and were uh, uh, controlling uh, and uh, uh, running uh, the show in, uh, in Palestine. The origins of uh, the conflict uh, go, go back quite a long time, 
obviously. Uh, already in 1916, uh, on the eve of the collapse of the, uh, of the Ottoman Empire uh, during the, after this, the First World War, uh, but in 1916, just before that happened, there were already secret dealings between the two, ma two major imperialist powers who had um, uh, uh, very uh, uh, important interests uh, in, the, in the future setup and in, in, uh, re reparting between them the spoils of the Ottoman Empire. These two powers were France and, uh, and uh, Britain. And uh, uh, the, the uh, secret agreement between these two, two powers designed uh, the partition uh, and, the, and the modern uh, composition and modern uh, state articulation of the whole area in the Middle East. Uh, 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 the, for example, the British got uh, Palestine as, uh, as, uh, as a mandate uh, after the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, uh, the French uh, had more influence in Lebanon, in other areas. And they basically decided upon the heads of uh, millions of people who were completely oblivious of uh, this type of uh, negotiation going on uh, for the destinies of, uh, of the whole, whole portion of the world. They did so for their, uh, to pursue their own uh, in interests as, uh, as uh, world powers and obviously also to seize uh, 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 the assets and, and the, uh, the wealth uh, of that region, uh, not last, obviously, oil, which at the time wasn't as predominant as today uh, in, the, in the equilibrium of, uh, uh, of uh, world capitalism, but was becoming uh, more and more important. Uh, so obviously, oil uh, played an important role. Uh, as a result of uh, this type of agreements uh, and, and the establishment of new states after the First World War in the whole area, we see uh, the setup of uh, uh, regimes of different types uh, in, uh, uh, in the Middle East. Uh, and uh, most of these regimes, all of them, uh, in fact, uh, were uh, uh, proxy regimes uh, uh, which were supported and, and uh, 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 shaped and trained and developed uh, by the imperialist intervention in the area. Even the monarchies, for example, the Jordan monarchy or the Iraqi monarchy or the Egyptian monarchy, uh, which was established after, uh, uh, after the collapse, after the First World War. Uh, uh, these were, uh, or Saudi Arabia, uh, these were uh, entirely appointed and, and, uh, and uh, uh, propped up by uh, British imperialism. Uh, the Hashemite monarchy, for example, was, uh, didn't have any uh, particular tradition in, uh, in Iraq, but was set up as a decision of, uh, uh, of Britain. So, uh, and then after, uh, immediately after that, in order to gain the support uh, of, uh, uh, well, uh, the Arabs and uh, the Jews as well, uh, during the First World War, there was the famous Balfour Declaration. Uh, uh, basically, Br British imperialism promised Palestine both to the Arabs and the Jews uh, almost at the same time, in a very cynical way. Uh, with the Balfour Declaration, for example, Britain uh, um, uh, promises uh, the establishment of a national home for Jews in Palestine. So basically supporting uh, uh, the idea of uh, um, uh, uh, a national uh, home being created by uh, uh, supporting the immigration into Palestine of hundreds of thousands of uh, Jews 
uh, escaping from, uh, from, uh, from Europe, from different parts of the world. Uh, that was basically the promise uh, to uh, accomplish what was, in, uh, what was uh, presented as uh, uh, the dream of a Zionist homeland for, for Jews. The Zionist movement uh, developed in the late uh, 19th century. Uh, but uh, quite uh, tellingly, uh, even uh, uh, at the origins of the Zionist movement, there was no such thing as, uh, uh, for example, the idea of uh, creating a homeland in, in, uh, in Palestine. Uh, the promised land, uh, uh, the, the Jewish population in Palestine was ex extremely uh, small uh, at the time. And uh, uh, the Zionists uh, were uh, looking uh, for, for any place, basically, in the world where uh, a national home for the Jews uh, could be settled. They even considered Argentina uh, or some uh, other possi possible uh, place where to, to establish their, uh, their project. With the Balfour Declaration, uh, Britain uh, uh, gets behind the Zionist, pro uh, uh, the, the, the Zionist project and designs uh, Palestine as the future homeland for uh, a process of uh, uh, Jewish immigration. Obviously, uh, Palestine was not a deserted land. Uh, it was uh, uh, inhabited by people uh, living there for, for uh, uh, thousands of years and centuries. Uh, and the, the existing population of Palestine was never considered as uh, anything important in all this, uh, both uh, by the Zionist uh, strategists and by the imperialist powers. Um, a process of uh, uh, Jewish immigration started in the 19... Uh, uh, well, was already in place, but then uh, became more and more uh, uh, prominent during the 1920s, the 1930s, up to the point uh, where we have the first uh, clashes, the first uh, uh, strong frictions between the pre-existing Arab uh, population of Palestine and uh, the uh, Jewish Im immigrants uh, settling in Palestine. Uh, the uh, Jewish Authority, which was settled in order, uh, was established in order to coordinate all this uh, uh, colonization process, uh, uh, had uh, in their aims, uh, um, um, as a statutory uh, aim, uh, that of uh, acquiring Arab land and uh, 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 clearing it up uh, for colonization and then uh, connecting all these uh, settlements into uh, an uh, administrative unit. They developed, uh, for example, uh, the embryo of a militia, uh, armed forces for the Jewish authority and so on. And so to the run-up uh, of uh, to the Declaration of Israel, I don't have time to deal with all the historical process. Uh, uh, what we had in Palestine was a rising and more organized uh, a Jewish settlement, uh, which was not the majority of the population, but was growing and was becoming more and more uh, powerful, uh, to the point that the British uh, imperialists got uh, scared of the rising influence of, uh, of the Jewish authority in Palestine. Palestine was under the mandate of Britain up until 1947, and uh, the, the British authorities started uh, to climb down on uh, Jewish immigration, uh, putting limit, limitations to the acquisition of land in order to avoid an open conflict into uh, developing into, uh, into Palestine. Uh, that obviously uh, wasn't able uh, to, to stop the process, which was already, uh, had already gained momentum. And obviously, with the war in Europe, 
the persecution of the Jews, uh, uh, the, the whole process of uh, uh, trying to find an outlet uh, and uh, a safe haven for, for, uh, for the Jews uh, became impossible to, uh, uh, could not be contained anymore. Um, so uh, there is a part of the process leading to the uh, uh, Declaration of Israel, which is uh, probably not very well known. Uh, where, for example, uh, the military units and military groups of the Jewish uh, settlers uh, around the Haganah, which was the, the Jewish uh, militia, and around other military formations like the, the Sternband uh, and Zwei uh, Leumi, uh, 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 basically uh, acted as uh, terrorist groups in, uh, in, uh, uh, in Palestine against the British authorities, against the Arab majority uh, attacking uh, the institutions of the government. Uh, there were uh, uh, targeted killings of United, uh, well, uh, the, uh, what would then become the United Nations uh, uh, mediators. Uh, there were uh, even bombs planted in, in, the, in the very uh, offices of, uh, of uh, the Palestine uh, mandate uh, structures, the King David Hotel, where uh, dozens of people were killed. Uh, there was a combined uh, uh, effort uh, in the run-up to uh, 1947 and 1948, which is the, uh, the moment when uh, uh, the, all these uh, military operations on part of the Jewish settler, settlers uh, culminated. Uh, the strategy of uh, the Zionists was that of uh, uh, pushing out the Arab population. Uh, in 1947, uh, the British authorities uh, renounced the mandate and uh, basically uh, the whole situation started to, to collapse. Uh, uh, that was seen and was seized as an opportunity by the Zionist leaders who started a campaign of terror against the Arab population. Uh, there were several massacres. Uh, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of people being killed, but enough in order to create uh, uh, the terror in the Arab population and, and uh, pushing them out of uh, the territory that wanted to, that the Zionists wanted to consolidate as uh, the uh, future state of Israel, uh, the process uh, started in uh, in uh, well, it started already in 1947, but in the uh, in the spring of 1948, became a massive campaign of coordinated actions between Haganah and the different terrorist groups uh, supporting uh, the declaration of a state of Israel. And the outcome of that process was uh, a, a, a landmark in uh, defining uh, what we are talking about today as the Israel-Palestine question. So the establishment of Israel was 70, 71 years ago now, uh, on the 14th, between the 14th and 15th of May of uh, 1948, uh, and uh, uh, was uh, uh, achieved on the back of uh, 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 a wave of terror, which ended in uh, the, uh, uh, the exile for hundreds of thousands of Palestinian people uh, who had to abandon their, their villages and homes uh, and were pushed out of, uh, of what would, would become uh, in the, uh, the future state of Israel, uh, the, the, the boundaries uh, after 1948. Um, we're talking about 700,000 to uh, eight, 900,000. It's not clear how many people were uh, uh, pushed out, and most of these refugees found, uh, uh, well, uh, settled in refugee camps, which are still in place uh, today 
You can go around the Middle East in Lebanon, uh, uh, or Gaza itself was a massive, 70%, uh, by the way, 70% of the Gaza population today is uh, made up of uh, refugees or people or, or uh, uh, outspring of refugees of the 1948 uh, 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 war of independence, if you want, or Nakba, as the Arab, uh, uh, as the Arab described, the disaster, the, the, the big defeat. So <clears throat> what we have today is, uh, uh, has been the establishment of, uh, of a country, Israel, which was, uh, uh, has uh, converted into a bloody trap both for, for the Palestinians and, and, uh, and the, Jewish, uh, the Jews in, uh, in uh, Palestine, uh, uh, which is a uh, powerful machine uh, perfected over uh, many years, uh, uh, pursuing the same policies which we see at play today. Uh, this has been consistently done uh, since the, uh, the formation of Israel up until now. Uh, in a situation where the national question and the contraposition between uh, Arabs and Jews uh, is the founding element of uh, Israel today. And you cannot understand uh, the, the, the enormous contradictions uh, that we can see, for example, in the political landscape uh, uh, in Israel in the latest elections with all sorts of uh, extremely reactionary uh, parties uh, getting uh, quite an echo in, in the elections, uh, the, the, the radicalization of uh, the position of, of uh, Netanyahu and the, and the Israel, Israeli government over the past few years is uh, just a reflection of that. Uh, so all these, uh, the foundations of Israel have been uh, laid on uh, uh, the oppression of the Palestinian people. And that is kind of, uh, has become now enshrined even in the constitution of Israel. Uh, just past, last year, we saw the uh, approval of the new constitution, uh, the new law state, uh, state law, uh, which is basically uh, establishing for the first time in a clear black and white uh, written paper uh, the institutional uh, uh, oppression of the Palestinian minority within uh, the confines of, uh, uh, of Israel. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, the Israeli constitution doesn't apply to the Palestinians living outside of Israel. Uh, but there, are, there is a minority of Palestinians in Israel, about 20% of the population, uh, or 1.6.7 million people, who are now officially second-class citizens. Uh, what we have uh, analyzed as uh, Marxists uh, in uh, uh, last year when, when uh, this law was, uh, was approved is that it's just a recognition of a de facto situation which uh, was, uh, has uh, always been there. Uh, there uh, the Palestinians in Israel have always been second-class citizens. For example, they cannot, uh, apart from the Druze, who are uh, a specific uh, minority of the Palestinian population, for example, Palestinians uh, cannot uh, serve in the army. They, don't, they do have uh, Israeli citizenship according to where they live, uh, but there are many different layers uh, or many different Palestinians who have not, not uh, clear access on citizenship rights. Uh, the Palestinian uh, parties, for example, were uh, banned from, uh, some of them were banned from uh, the last elections. They couldn't even uh, run their candidates. So there is, a, a, and there are a number, an enormous number of these discriminatory laws uh, on the practical things. For example, uh, the access, uh, the possibility of, buy, uh, of buying land or buying houses or having uh, houses which are 
have been built uh, but are deemed to be legal uh, because they're not recognized officially uh, to have them recognized uh, officially as property. Uh, the property rights, for example, of the Palestinians are continu continuously eroded, challenged uh, on a day-by-day -day squeezing out of the Palestinian population. Uh, this goes on uh, within uh, Israel itself, but it is also applied uh, as a policy towards uh, the areas, the, uh, the parts of Palestine which are not officially under the control of, uh, uh, of Israel, uh, but in reality they are just occupied territories. Um, uh, there was uh, 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 there, uh, basically what has been described for many years since uh, 1948 as the peace process uh, in Palestine is uh, only a fiction. It's never really, uh, it's, uh, it's never been uh, in reality uh, a genuine peace process. It's just a negotiated uh, settlement of the de facto situation which has been created on the ground by uh, uh, the Israeli uh, ruling class uh, uh, and imperialism. So the successive uh, agreements which have been reached by uh, Israel and uh, the Palestinian uh, Liberation Organization, uh, which became at some point uh, the representatives, uh, recognized representatives of uh, the Palestinian people uh, uh, within Israel and uh, uh, in the refugee camps. All these uh, treaties and uh, courts and uh, endless discussions uh, have only ended up in a, in a progressive marginalization of the Palestinian population, uh, uh, which are, uh, have been expropriated of uh, every right uh, in, uh, uh, they, uh, they, they had, and uh, uh, have been uh, expropriated even of uh, uh, their dignity. Um, in, in 1993, there was a breakthrough was presented as uh, uh, the ultimate peace plan, uh, uh, and uh, it was the Oslo and Madrid Accords, uh, which uh, gave birth to what we know now as the Palestinian Authority. Uh, this idea that you could settle the situation and create uh, uh, an equilibrium uh, and defend both the rights of the, of the Jewish uh, Israeli citizens and uh, the Palestinians uh, find a solution, a mediation to the conflict. Uh, let's say that's uh, how the uh, majority of the mass media presented uh, the discussions around the Oslo and Madrid Accord. Uh, but uh, all these accords were always forced upon the Palestinians uh, by uh, imperialism, in particular by US, uh, US imperialism, who were catering uh, these talks. But uh, all these uh, uh, settlements and accords uh, are not worth even the paper they were written uh, on. On the very day they were approved, uh, a number of uh, measures on the ground uh, put in place by the Israeli ruling class have always challenged uh, even the basis of, uh, of uh, uh, what, what had been achieved in terms of negotiations and settlement uh, before. Uh, the idea that you could build uh, a two-state solution to the, to the uh, Israel-Palestine uh, problem uh, has shown, in fact, to be uh, completely, uh, uh, a complete reactionary utopia. Uh, in 1993, the Oslo Accords set, uh, established uh, the birth of the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority uh, was supposed to become a semi-state uh, uh, representing the rights of the Palestinians. Uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Palestine, 
very reduced uh, territorial base, uh, Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, but now, now after uh, how many years have passed? Nin 1993, it's uh, more than 25 years. Um, uh, after 25 years, we can see that uh, this, uh, this Palestinian Authority is not a viable state. Uh, it's not a viable entity of any sort. Uh, they are dependent on Israel on everything. Uh, even the mobile phone network is run by Israel. Uh, water is supplied, uh, supplied by Israel. Uh, the, uh, um, uh, it's scattered with hundreds of thousands of uh, 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 Israeli settle, settlers uh, who have uh, conquered or have established uh, um, their presence inside uh, the West Bank in particular and, uh, and uh, East Jerusalem, which is another occupied territory by Israel, or the Golan Heights, which is another occupied territory. Uh, it doesn't matter whether the uh, uh, international uh, community, the United Nations, uh, community in uh, inverted commas, obviously, uh, recognize or not uh, Israel's uh, uh, dominance over these territories. Uh, the matter of fact is that Israel controls everything. The access uh, to all the resources, uh, the livelihood of uh, about uh, five and a half million of Palestinians be living between Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, is uh, controlled at whim by the Israeli state. And uh, every excuse is made, uh, is uh, seized uh, to create the conditions for uh, a, night, a living nightmare for, for these people. The access to education, to hospitals is, uh, is blocked. Uh, wall, a wall has been built uh, in order to uh, surround and protect and enclose uh, the uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, Israeli settlers uh, within uh, the territories which were supposed to be the uh, Palestinian Authority. Uh, and uh, these walls and checkpoints and razor wires and a network of roads which uh, only uh, Israeli uh, settlers can, uh, uh, can use, for example, they're not open for the Palestinians to, to use, uh, uh, have created a nightmare situation where uh, uh, communities have been cut off from their uh, livelihood. Uh, for example, uh, rural uh, Palestinian communities have been completely uh, uh, blocked uh, from accessing their lands, uh, which then have been englobated or seized uh, by the settlers. The philosophy of the Israeli ruling class is uh, uh, um, epitomized uh, in a, uh, uh, a tweet uh, by Netanyahu. Uh, this was uh, one year ago, and he was, uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, he was uh, at the celebration to open a new center in the name of Shimon Peres, and he said uh, that uh, Peres uh, aspired towards peace, but he knew that true peace can be achieved only if our hands strongly grasp defensive weaponry. Uh, in the Middle East and the, in many parts of the world, there is a simple truth, and there, uh, the, the, this truth is that there is no place for the weak. The weak crumble, are slaughtered, and are erased from history, while the strong, for good or, or for ill, survive. The strong are respected, and alliances are made with the strong, and in the end, peace is made with the strong. So this is the point of view. It really um, shows the point of view of the Israeli ruling class is not just Netanyahu, but this has been the policy of, uh, um, of the Israeli ruling class. And this policy has been 
uh, backed in the main, uh, although with frictions and differences on the tempo, on what, to, what could be allowed in this or that uh, particular moment, but has been generally backed by uh, all imperialist powers. And here we uh, have to, uh, to see there is no distinction uh, between, for example, uh, the United States, who are clearly backing and, and uh, recently uh, even openly backing uh, uh, even a more extreme uh, uh, solution uh, from their point of view of the Palestinian question uh, by totally, uh, uh, with Trump totally backing and, and uh, uh, supporting in every, in every step, in every uh, future plan Netanyahu. Uh, even uh, running a joint election campaign in the recent uh, Israeli elections that uh, were, uh, were held just uh, one month ago, uh, with an open support by Trump for, for Netanyahu. Uh, but in the past, uh, there, there have been frictions, there have been differences. But in general, uh, imperialism sees Israel as the most reliable, the most important uh, uh, point of support for imperialism in the Middle East. Uh, uh, Israel has developed uh, a modern economy, has developed uh, uh, the most powerful army in the region. Uh, this has been uh, shaped up and uh, uh, developed over decades. Uh, also, uh, is uh, because of the, of the uh, uh, poisonous effects of the national question in Israel-Palestine, uh, in, uh, uh, at many junctions and many important uh, moments in the history of uh, Israel, for example, uh, the ruling class has successfully uh, uh, managed to imbue into society the idea that uh, Israel is under siege, is uh, surrounded by enemies, uh, and uh, therefore any threat to Israel is, uh, uh, has, uh, is used to mobilize uh, important parts of the population in support of the reactionary role that uh, Israel is playing in, uh, in the area. But Israel is, uh, in, in the end, a capitalist country like, uh, like Britain, uh, well, not exactly like Britain, but still capitalist, the same, uh, with uh, a huge polarization uh, within uh, Israel, uh, enormous problems facing the Israeli working class, and when I'm talking about the Israeli working class, I'm talking about the Jews and the Palestinians as well. Uh, there, there is, as I said, a minority of uh, Palestinians living in Israel, about 20% of the population, uh, and they represent an important part of the, of the Israeli working class, uh, along with uh, Jewish workers as well. Uh, uh, the huge polarization of wealth, uh, inequality, uh, the uh, austerity policies carried out by the government are masked constantly with this uh, 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 frenzy of uh, nationalistic discourse and, uh, uh, and uh, racist activities uh, carried out by uh, the, the Israeli government and the institutions. And obviously, uh, the uh, uh, continuous clash and the continuous uh, 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 conflict, uh, which is ine inevitable given the conditions with the Palestinians in the occupied territories in Gaza in particular recently, but also in the West Bank, uh, is, uh, is being used as a way of uh, continuing uh, and uh, uh, strengthening this impression by the Israeli workers uh, that uh, Israel is under threat. Uh, the Arab regimes surrounding Israel are extremely reactionary, so 
uh, the vast majority of the Israeli workers, uh, they don't see Jordan, uh, which is an oppressive regime, or Saudi Arabia, which is an even more oppressive regime, uh, or any of the other uh, uh, reactionary Arab regimes as a possible uh, model or as a possible uh, partner uh, in, uh, in, in, a, in a peaceful uh, transition in the future. And I think they are uh, quite right uh, in uh, having a uh, uh, in, in, be, in being extremely uh, wary uh, of, uh, uh, of the Arab leaders. leaders. The Arab leadership, uh, the Arab uh, ruling classes have been uh, using the Palestinian question in order to uh, uh, gain some credentials uh, and gain, gain popularity. We had uh, several cases in the past, but uh, basically the League uh, of, Nation, uh, the, of Arab uh, Regimes uh, was uh, financing and supporting, uh, to a certain degree, the Palestinian Liberation Organization uh, for many years. Uh, but uh, in order for the PLO to uh, defend their own interests, not so much the interest of the Palestinian people. Uh, uh, it was a very cynical uh, support. Uh, we have the case of, for example, uh, of uh, the massacre of uh, Black September in, uh, in Jordan, uh, where uh, the Jordan monarchy unleashed uh, the state repression against the Palestinian uh, refugees and the PLO, killing, uh, well, it's difficult to say, but maybe 5,000, 10,000 people uh, in uh, Black September 1970. Uh, so there is a history of uh, the, the Arab uh, reactionary ruling classes of uh, uh, using instrumentally the Palestinian question for their own, uh, uh, their own uh, interests. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the Israeli ruling class and imperialism are using uh, the uh, history of Israel, uh, the several wars they had to go through, uh, wars of expansion, but also defensive wars, like uh, the Yom Kippur War, for example, uh, as uh, uh, a way of uh, 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 supporting and developing uh, Israeli nationalism uh, and uh, to, to strengthen this idea that Israel is under siege and threatened. And obviously, uh, in uh, 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 I'll spend just a few minutes, the last minutes, on uh, what is the situation uh, uh, now and also what can be done, what perspectives uh, arise from uh, the situation in, uh, in uh, Israel-Palestine for the future development of uh, a revolution in, uh, in the area, a revolutionary process in the area. Uh, as I said, uh, Israel is a capitalist country. Israel is affected uh, by the global capitalist crisis, uh, uh, as all the other countries, and even more, uh, in a sense, because it's uh, an economy based on uh, exports, which uh, have to find an outlet on the world market. Uh, it is a, a fragile economy. It is true uh, that uh, Israel is, uh, is a powerful state with a powerful military uh, in the region, but uh, nevertheless, it's just a small state uh, and uh, cannot really uh, uh, win uh, a military conflict or economic uh, uh, power uh, or economic uh, war with uh, the rest of the world. They rely a lot on uh, U.S. subsidies, and the U.S. subsidies are uh, uh, an important part of the military expenditure of uh, Israel. 
uh, in numbering in the, in the uh, dozens of billions of dollars per year. I can't remember the figures, but it's, uh, it's a staggering figure. Uh, and uh, the crisis in Israel uh, is very, uh, uh, because of the impact of the, uh, of the national question, the distortive uh, impact of the national question, has uh, found it very difficult to manifest itself over uh, the, the past decades, but there are some indications of what can happen in the future. Uh, the first uh, real uh, uh, important movement which I want to highlight was the Intifada. Uh, the Intifada developing from in uh, 1987 uh, in what uh, were the occupied territories. Israel occupied these territories in uh, 1967. Uh, and uh, since then, uh, West Bank and Gaza and East Jerusalem uh, were under military administration by the Israeli state. Uh, a, a revolt uh, developed in the occupied territories uh, in December 1987. And this revolt shook the, real the very foundations of uh, Israeli society because uh, a lot of uh, uh, business and industry was developed in, uh, in, uh, in the occupied territories. They were, uh, they, the idea of the Israeli ruling class was to include them at some point, uh, but they were uh, reluctant of uh, allowing the Arabs uh, in the occupied territories to reach a status of citizenship. Uh, because that would create problems uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, allowing them, for example, to, to vote. And uh, the fear of being outnumbered by the Arabs, it's a constant fear of, uh, uh, within Israel society. Uh, the demographic war at play with the Arabs is uh, a day-to-day -day occurrence. There are even uh, comedy shows which are uh, based on this. For example, there was one uh, comedian who, uh, or uh, some uh, uh, comedy shows which were highlighting uh, the idea of uh, the Israeli government uh, issuing a ban on, uh, on Jewish people to leave Israel, even for holidays, uh, with uh, counters at the airport saying, uh, counting the, the uh, number of uh, Jews uh, living in Israel uh, and the number of Arabs living in Israel uh, being uh, um, equalized and therefore, uh, you know, having to, to grant certain concessions to the Palestinians, it's, uh, it's just organized mad madness. But in terms of comedy, uh, they're just exposing this uh, obsession with, uh, uh, with uh, the demographic uh, graphic, uh, question. <clears throat> we saw uh, uh, in, with the Intifada the emergence for the first time of a mass movement of the Palestinian people for uh, after many years. And that appealed uh, to important sections of uh, uh, the oppressed uh, 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 layers in, uh, within Israel. It was uh, part of the working class responding to it. Even the, shops keep, uh, the shopkeepers uh, in uh, Jerusalem, uh, even the Jewish ones, uh, joined the Intifada at some point. Uh, there was the possibility of uh, connecting that movement against the occupation with uh, the movement uh, within, of the oppressed layers within Israel. That was uh, uh, crushed. Uh, by uh, the repression against the Intifada and the turn taken by, by the movement uh, along uh, a conflict uh, uh, between the Arabs and uh, the Jews. Uh, so in, in that way they managed to, to uh, diffuse and uh, uh, neutralize the, the potential impact of the Intifada. Uh, there was another example uh, more recently of the big impact, for example, of the Arab revolutions. Uh, in this book, we uh, analyze the uh, Arab revolutions in uh, Egypt, Tunisia, and other 
uh, important countries. In 2011, this wave of revolutionary movements uh, throughout, uh, throughout Northern Africa had a huge impact on uh, Israel. And we saw the development for, uh, of a big movement within Israel on the question of housing uh, and uh, uh, even uh, a joint uh, movement for the uh, recognition of civil rights of the Palestinian minority and so on. So uh, it, it became a mass movement uh, which had uh, lasted for, for a couple of months against the government, against the corruption of, uh, of the Israeli ruling class, which is uh, one of the uh, uh, yeah, main uh, uh, questions that are uh, arising from, uh, from, for example, the latest elections even. Uh, the, the fragility uh, of the uh, uh, Israeli ruling class in keeping hold and keeping control over uh, the Israeli working class. And that's the reason why uh, they're pushing a more nationalistic, more uh, aggressive uh, um, uh, policies against the Palestinians in order to create uh, 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 or uh, stir up the conflict which consolidates the two sides uh, in, uh, in the conflict. Uh, uh, on one side, the Israeli government and the reactionary forces within Israel. On the other side, uh, the uh, forces like Hamas, for example, in, uh, in, uh, in Gaza. Uh, just a few words about Gaza, because last year we had uh, the um, uh, big movement in Gaza, which was a heroic movement of the, of the youth uh, in Gaza. Gaza is, uh, well, has been described by uh, a United uh, Nations rapporteur, human rights rapporteur, in the following way. Uh, this guy is called John Daggart, and he described Gaza as a sealed off, imprisoned, and occupied ter territory. It's an open air prison where about 1.8 million people live. Uh, and uh, Israel, uh, of which Israel appears to have uh, thrown away the key. So basically, Israel is, uh, has uh, encircled Gaza, which is uh, a very small territory, one of the most densely uh, populated territories uh, in the world. Uh, of uh, about 40 kilometers per time, uh, times 12, uh, where about 2 million people live uh, in unbelievably uh, harsh conditions. Uh, and uh, the conflict in Gaza is not really a conflict. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, snipers and uh, uh, military trained military personnel uh, of the IDF, the, the Israeli Defense Force, shooting on unarmed people on the other side of uh, a border which shouldn't even be there. Uh, it's not a proper border anyway. Uh, the idea of defending the fence uh, by shooting people, well, brought uh, to the attentions of millions or uh, billions of people in the world the tragedy that is uh, happening in, uh, in Gaza. Um, a minister, the defense minister of Israel at the time said that in uh, Gaza there were no innocent people and that, therefore, uh, it was justified to use this excess of force and repression against uh, peaceful demonstrators. They were flying kites across the border. That was the kind of... Uh, uh, but uh, uh, this movement uh, also expresses uh, another thing, that uh, you can have uh, individual suicide, but uh, that cannot be applied to, to uh, entire peoples. Uh, and uh, the situation the Palestinian people is living in Gaza or in the West Bank uh, or uh, in the uh, nightmarish uh, uh, situation determined by the 
increasing uh, settlements uh, and walls and reservoirs and barriers being built to, to prevent them from free movement and uh, everything, uh, carrying out a normal life of any sort, uh, is uh, pushing uh, the Palestinian masses uh, to the limit and uh, to the point where even uh, going and demonstrating uh, with uh, the clear knowledge that you're going to be shot or killed or maimed there were uh, uh, 300 uh, people killed uh, uh, over the past year along uh, the fence uh, of the border with Gaza. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, because there are 6,000 or even more who have been uh, seriously injured and uh, by uh, uh, bullets, which are designed to destroy the target they are hitting, because these are uh, these type of bullets that expand uh, when they hit uh, the body. So maimed uh, legs, arms, uh, or uh, very serious injuries. In a situation where Gaza is uh, uh, collapsing, the, the health system in Gaza is collapsing, the influx of uh, drugs and medicines or even blood uh, is blocked by Israel at the borders. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a complete hopeless situation from all points of view, yet uh, there are thousands uh, and uh, tens of thousands of people who are willing uh, to uh, uh, take up the flag and, and, and develop the, the, the struggle. At some point, and uh, this point might not be very far in the future, this type of uh, um, uh, resilience and struggles developing from the uh, Palestinian people in the occupied territories, which are effectively occupied by Israel, uh, will connect and, uh, and uh, is connecting with the Arab population, the Palestinian population within Israel, uh, and uh, um, uh, it, it will also inspire at some point the struggles of the Israeli youth and working class against uh, the system that has created this nightmare. Uh, obviously, in order to achieve that, uh, we need to give uh, a perspective uh, how is possible to achieve a solution of the of this nightmare in uh, Israel-Palestine. <clears throat> the only way to achieve that is uh, by overthrowing the capitalist system that has created this nightmare. Not just, uh, obviously not just in Israel and Palestine. Uh, by the way, even in Palestine, the, there is a bourgeoisie, uh, and this bourgeoisie is taking advantage and uh, profiting from uh, this situation. Uh, they are the kind of uh, sparring partners of the Israeli uh, ruling class, uh, the minor, uh, they get just the crumbles of, of the profits, but nevertheless they are flourishing, they have been uh, becoming richer and richer. Uh, there were scandals, for example, of uh, uh, even people high, ha high up in the hierarchy of the Palestinian Authority collaborating with uh, Israel in business, uh, like for example even building the wall. Uh, which was there were Palestinian companies collaborating with Israel in building the wall, which was meant to uh, basically uh, uh, graphically uh, expose the, the oppression of the Palestinian people. Um, <clears throat> they, are, they are benefiting from the crumbles of the profits uh, of imperialism. Um, a lot of people don't know, for example, that uh, the Palestinian Authority, as a concept, was established in 1993 with the aim of policing the Palestinian people. 
So uh, uh, since then, the Palestinian police uh, in the Palestinian Authority is running jointly uh, with Israel. Uh, they exchange information, uh, they uh, target individuals who are considered dangerous by Israel, they detain these individuals in Palestinian jails. Uh, there is an active collaboration on part of the, uh, uh, of the Palestinian Authority uh, and uh, part of the, uh, of the Palestinian bourgeoisie in oppressing their own people. Uh, so the only way of breaking this is by uh, establishing links and a joint movement against uh, all the forms of oppression in, uh, uh, in Palestine and, uh, and in Israel, a joint movement of the working class, which can only come about uh, in, uh, as, a, as a consequence of the, of the progressive uh, impact of the capitalist crisis on the livelihoods of uh, both the Palestinians and, uh, and, uh, and the Jewish workers. Uh, but that also will be helped uh, by the process of international uh, radicalization and revolutions, which is uh, uh, swiping uh, the globe and uh, is hitting uh, country after another, uh, where oppressive regimes are challenged and threatened and overthrown by mass movements, like in Sudan, uh, like in Algeria. These movements uh, are telling, uh, are talking not just to the Palestinian masses, but also to the Jewish workers in, uh, in Israel. Uh, it is the task of the Marxists to, uh, to find uh, a common uh, path uh, between the struggle of the Palestinian workers and youth and the Jewish workers and youth in, uh, within Israel uh, with uh, 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 an aim in mind, which is the overthrow of capitalism in the whole area and the establishment of uh, 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 socialist federation uh, with autonomy, uh, with all the uh, possible uh, uh, measures that can be taken in order to uh, guarantee uh, the uh, uh, achievement of uh, national independence and national rights and self-determination of all the peoples that are part of uh, the Middle East. It's not just Israel-Palestine, a nightmare, but if you go to Lebanon or Syria, uh, there are uh, 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 the national question is extremely complex and has played an extremely re reactionary role and the only way out of, it, of this nightmare is uh, a struggle for socialism. I'll stop there. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to IMTV Radio. Subscribe or download the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or visit www.socialist.net for all the latest news, analysis and Marxist ideas.